now the next question is, would you pick Ryan Reynolds or would you pick Hampton? Uh, is that even a question? <laughs> okay, right. Sorry. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, 100% of the time, regardless of whether he has a job or not. Yeah. <laughs> he could oh, be you, unemployed. Oh, you have tenure at a university? Mm, no, I'll still pick unemployed Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, unemployed Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> always the pick. <laughs> Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. And you've joined us here. That means you love romantic comedies. Great news. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have... Definitely, Definitely maybe. maybe. And want to give a shout out to uh, Amanda on her Instagram. She DM'd us saying she has a movie suggestion. She just rewatched it the other day. Serendipity. Kate Beckinsale, John Cusack. Such a good one. Such a good one. There's also a common thread between that movie and the movie we're doing today in that it's like a, like she writes her phone number on, I want to say, a $5 bill. And in this movie, one of our characters uh, is looking for a specific book of Jane Eyre with an inscription. It's, it's kind of interesting. Follow us on Instagram, at Rom-Com Rewind. Uh, we try to respond to literally every message we get. Uh, so if you want to reach out, you can do that. You can also follow us on Spotify subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. So Definitely Maybe is different than Crazy Rich Asians, which is what we were going to do, and it turns out that was taken off Netflix. And we want and Amazon Prime. And Amazon and Prime. And everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we want to pick movies that, like, we assume that you likely have a streaming service or two or three. So, you know, what's the easiest thing for you to rewatch? Definitely Maybe is a 2008 romantic comedy written and directed by Adam Brooks. Adam was also uh, one of the writers on Practical Magic. Oh, interesting. So definitely maybe grossed uh, $55 million on a $7 million budget. Making wow. It Rain had amazing reviews when it came out, which is kind of difficult for a romantic comedy to do. Definitely. And best of all, you can watch it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> so it's the story about William Hayes, played by Ryan Reynolds. We start our story in the year. 2008, I guess, with Will unfortunately getting a divorce uh, when he goes to pick up his daughter, Maya, at school in New York City one day. It turns out that sex ed was the topic of discussion that day, and Maya wants to know all about um, her father's past, about Will's past. How did you meet my mom? And Will reluctantly kind of agrees to tell his daughter this story of the three women he ever loved. I'm going to tell you the story, and I'm not telling you who your mom is. Fine. You're just going to have to figure it out for yourself. Good. And I'm changing all the names and some of the facts. I just decided that right now because I make the rules, and then we're going to see how smart you are. I like it. It's like a love story mystery. I'm ready. 14 years ago, I was in love with my college sweetheart. Let's call her... Emily. Emily. I am worried New York's going to change you. Change can be good. You have to give us a summer. Summer Hartley? Go be your brilliant self. Everyone knows that the girlfriend in the beginning of this story gets stumped. Maybe Summer Hartley's my mother. It's from Emily. Did you read this? I read a page. A page? And the part about you and Emily touching each other and kissing. Oh, that part. You're a great and writer. Then rewind all the way back to 1992. And I'm, I'm just going to tee you up for the three people, and then we can kind of sink our teeth into this. So first there's Emily, played by Elizabeth Banks. She is Will's college sweetheart. And when the movie opens, uh, back in 1992, they're in an extremely serious relationship, but he is leaving 
to work on the Bill Clinton campaign in New York City. They're from Wisconsin. He's moving to New York City. Then we meet April, played by Isla Fisher. She's working in the copy room in New York City for the Bill Clinton campaign. And then we have Summer, played by Rachel Weiss. When Will is leaving for New York City, Emily gives Will a diary to give to Summer when he gets there because I guess Summer and Emily have a little bit of a past. Without spoiling too much, this is essentially the story of how these three women kind of weave in and out of Will's life, right? And, and how, over the course of decades, he falls in love with, gets broken up with, breaks hearts with, gets hearts broken with by each of them, essentially. But as he's telling the story to Maya, we don't actually know which one of these people is Maya's real mother until the end. So what are your thoughts on this movie? Definitely, maybe. Oh. This movie was genuinely great. The actors, storyline, chemistry, all of it was absolutely fantastic. This is the first time, um, you're probably going to kill me, I've actually seen this movie. So I'd never <sighs> seen it before. Um, it was so well done. I was so impressed. It keeps you hooked the entire time. And you want to find out what happens next in his love life. And we get to be along for the ride as it weaves in and out, like you said. Yeah. Um, it addresses love that, you know... It's able to address that love is messy, kind, unkind, loving, fun, happy, sad, but it does it in a way that you still believe in love at the very end. Yes. Kind of like crazy, stupid love in that like it is, there, there's a lot of heartbreak. I mean, a main theme of both those movies is divorce, but it also, yeah, it, it shows you how great love can be. It's kind of two sides of the same coin, right? Do you ever have a movie that you tell someone about? And you say something like, this is one of my top five movies of all time and you have to watch it. Yes. And that person inevitably <laughs> blows you off. They kind of, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's it's fine. Whatever. So, Sarah, you had never watched this movie before. I was going to say, I feel like this is exactly what you did with me. Oh, my God, I love this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. I've watched this movie half a dozen times, maybe more. So, Sarah, can can you now confirm that this is a spectacular movie? It is. It is fabulous. We I will, love it. We will be uh, greeted with three Devin Weep warnings this episode. How many times? Did you cry? So, like, it, there weren't times when I cried. I just cried the last, like, 15 minutes or 20 <laughs> minutes of the entire movie. And, like, it wasn't, like... Just a ball, it wasn't, mess yeah, for, like, 15 minutes. Yeah, actually, though. Like, yeah. I was, like... I, I was, like, oh, there's no Kleenex near me. Like, I'm going to use my sleeves to wipe the tears from my eyes. Because, like, that's how much... Yeah. I was crying. I oh, wasn't yeah. even tearing up. I was crying. Yeah. It was so, like, emotional. Because it wasn't that it was sad. It was sad. It was happy. It was, like, everything. Um, but all at once. So it was just really genuinely emotional. And it was, um, like, it was a good cry. It yeah. was weird. The thing I like is that, like, in recent movies, we really praised the cast uh, you know, we would say things like, ah, this movie was pretty good, but like, but, but this person saved it, you know, like, thank God they cast that actor or that actress because they really made it great when it was only good on its own. I think this one was kind of the opposite in like a really impeccable way, though, because I think the story, it was this, you know, web of love and loss and it was real and it was raw and the acting, they just cast the most exemplary people for each role. Like, I felt like Ryan Reynolds didn't need to carry this movie on his back because it was just, like, a really good movie. It was it was so well-written that, like, 
Isla Fisher didn't need to be amazing. The movie was amazing, and it felt seamless. It, it felt like nobody was trying really hard to make the movie great. It just was great. Right, you know and I mean? it, you weren't you weren't trying to make up for, you know, the dud on the cast. Like, everyone yes. was genuinely fantastic. I keep saying genuinely, but... It was just really well done in all aspects of it, like the writing, the actors, the ability for the actors to tell the story. Like it built a world around each of them in such a short amount of time. You know, they weaved in and out of his life so often that but it still gave such a story to it. You still knew exactly what was happening and where they each were at in their own lives. Yeah. And like I I think about Four Christmases, for example, Uh, it's like a pretty good movie. Yeah. But like Vince Vaughn is so hilarious that it that it vaults it into a great movie. Totally, and I mean Reese Witherspoon's fun. Like they had, they also had a really good cast. But this right. just was like on on an elevated level. I don't know where this movie ranks on Devin's Mount Rushmore of romantic comedies, but like, but I'm gonna throw some names out there: Five Hundred Days of Summer, Crazy Stupid Love, definitely, maybe. I'm hoping by the end of this podcast we can come to a decision like where <laughs> those place one, two, three because. There's not a single thing wrong with these. They're perfect films. They are very well done. I do like this one, though. <laughs> are you throwing 500 some shade at 500 Days yeah, of Summer? I am. Wow, yeah. already. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's a different level of sad <laughs> and happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I really enjoy movies about loss and, like, heartbreak, I, know. I guess. I, wow, that's weird. Yeah. I know you want to jump into the starts. Everyday People as the intro song while the credits, like the the intro credits go, I think this sets up the whole movie. It's a real movie. It's about a father who's already going through a divorce. You know, this is a story that so many people can relate to. So like Everyday People as he's walking through New York City, mm, beautiful. Then it gets to the school. And chaos ensues. Calamity strikes. Yeah, so that kind of kicks off really the movie um it starts with will going to pick up maya from school and her class just getting out of a sex ed class and all the kids asking questions including maya however her biggest question is the backstory on how will came to marry maya's mom and the other women that he had dated in the past wait you're not going to shout out any of the things that the kids say it, it was so oh, comical because please tell me there are these parents trying to calm down the children <laughs> yes. and will's there kind of working his way through the crowd being like what are they talking about oh there was sex ed in class today and you hear in the background kids like there's one girl <laughs> shouting yes. at her mom being like do you have sex with daddy <laughs> Do you? Do I you? know you like, do. Accusatory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then another, oh yeah, Maya says something about like, how do you accidentally thrust a penis somewhere? <laughs> and Will corrects her. He's like, well, I don't think your teacher said thrust. And Maya says, oh no. She, she did. the word thrust. <laughs> yeah. And coming out of these 10 year olds mouths, I don't know. You know what? Maybe it's like very lowbrow humor, but it's never not going to be funny. When kids say shit like that. Okay, and we can't forget the penis game. Dude, does somebody play the penis game? Or yes, do you just want to bring Maya, up the penis game? No, Maya plays oh, the penis right, game. She's playing the penis game, yeah. But not really knowing that it's actually a game that yeah. people play. Um, she plays it in the, I guess, in the, the apartment. Lobby, yeah, the, or the apartment. It, the lobby, apartment, yeah. yeah, the apartment lobby. I know you've played it because I've heard you play it, and I think I've joined in you. Mm. I think we did it one time. I think there was a time on the chairlift. Yeah, there might have been a chairlift at a ski hill. So Maya wants to know, you know, what happened with you and mom? I think she says, like, was I an accident? She wants the, to know the story of how Will met her mother. Probably sounds familiar. This is genuinely the TV show, How I Met Your Mother. If the ending wasn't total BS and Ted Mosby was a little bit more attractive and likable, I think. Like, if you thought about rewatching 
How I Met Your Mother recently. Don't. Save yourself a grueling nine seasons. I say grueling nine seasons. They it was were like, good. I just like rewatched it. Seasons. Yeah, it, it's not bad. This story, beginning to end, can't pick out a single bad thing about it. How I Met Your Mother's story, beginning great, middle pretty great, ending is atrocious. Just I, skip the whole last. But season. I think I think people would not have been happy with the end of How I Met Your Mother, regardless of how like of how it ended. Yeah, well, I mean, the, it's like Lost. People were not happy with the ending of Lost, but like, how would they have been happy? Well, I mean, in How I Met Your Mother, I think they wrote themselves into a corner if they wanted. Spoiler alert: Ted Mosby to end up with Robin, right? To make her marry Barney, yeah. like that was just kind of it's kind of icky. I mean, if we're go, going one or the other, I'm gonna watch definitely maybe a hundred times before I watch. All of How I Met Your Mother, I think. True. Okay. So that's kind of the the catalyst for tell me the story of how, how you met my mother. <laughs> and Will basically reveals to my I'm going to tell you the whole story, but I'm not going to tell you which one of these people is your, mom. your mom actually is. Because I've loved, like, there are three women who are very important in my life. Well, so you touched on them previously. Emily, college sweetheart, I think met at Young Democrats of America. And then he meets Summer through Emily, uh, because Emily, again, gives Will a diary to bring to Summer. <laughs> and then we finally meet April, who's working in the copy room uh, on the primaries uh, for Bill Clinton's campaign. This whole aspect of Will going to New York and leaving, you know, Wisconsin to to for this cause, it captured well the desire of young people to devote themselves to a cause. Yeah. In, in, you know, you're done college, you don't really know what you want to do, you don't really know if you want to jump into work, and there's causes happening. Like, it, it captured it very well throughout the movie, I find, especially the very beginning of it. Yeah, he thinks he's going to be a speechwriter, and he is totally the coffee guy. Yeah, did you not catch the, the cell phone moment, though? How, like, <laughs> Will's boss hands him a cellular telephone, and Will's like, what is this? Yes. He reveals, I can reach you wherever. With this device, <laughs> it was just a funny like. Wow, cell phones used to be like briefcases back then. They were massive. Oh yeah, my dad had one of them, oh, like the God. big ones. <laughs> I love so. So he meets April right off the bat, right? Yeah, in the in the copy room, and immediately, I I don't want to spoil or anything. I just thought it was such a striking meet cute. It didn't really feel like a meet cute, did it? Because. You know, he's kind of badgering April, like, what are you? Are you a Democrat? How do you feel about blank? And she's hitting him with the, why do I need to be labeled? Why do I have to have an opinion about everything? You know, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm, I'm, I think she says I'm nothing. That's, that's apathetic. I'm not apathetic. Yes, you are. I'm not. I just know that these bozos you're working for, they don't care about anything more than their own ambition. That's absolutely not true. You think this guy Bill Clinton is going to make a huge difference? I do. He's going to do what's already inevitable. Okay, that's where you're wrong. Don't make me staple your head. You're wrong. He's going to make a difference with African Americans. He's going to make a difference with women. He gets women. Oh my God. I mean, look at his record in Arkansas. Read his plans on health care. Read his plans on education. Okay. Oh my God. Or, or don't, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. Yeah. Just I'm sorry. Sleep. I'm yeah. Really sorry. That's fine. You oh, wake up to a new America. This I believe has been you. Really interesting. Fine. You convince me. You're nothing. I'm nothing. I thought it reeled you into the movie and that relationship really well. And I think an important thing about April is that she challenges Will. And I think he's somebody who needs to be challenged. And I think she makes him better. Mm, oh, right? I've got a whole, I've got an essay about that, Sarah. Oh, okay. It's coming up later. Um, I think she's got a cynical view of the world. She and does, and, yeah. and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, um, I think the way her and Will clash isn't a bad thing either. Like, I think 
she pushes him to be better and to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, later on, I think like the next scene, he's out with his work buddies and they're at the bar. They're having a great time. And one of them talks about types. Can we talk about types right now? Okay. Because the one guy says, uh, actually, Will says, he says, I like long haired brunettes with glasses. Foreshadowing, who we're going to meet very soon. Uh, another guy says redheads with long fingernails. That's weird. A little strange. I mean, not the redheads, <laughs> the, the long fingernails. <laughs> and then so, the, the, one of the uh, women says, like, I just like guys who like me. <laughs> and it was a funny, like, oh, that's great. Good job. What, what's your type? And it doesn't, uh, hey, no feelings are going to be here. Oh, today, it's Sarah. you, Shut obviously. Up. Get out. Ye- I, I like, um, well, I like guys with uh, beards. Okay. So you check you. But like you that's check. not really a. Uh, well, I don't know. Any guy can have a beard. Um, somebody who makes me laugh. Somebody who's kind. My type's honestly pretty similar to April. No offense, you're you're. You're treading on thin yeah. ice there, buddy. Ooh, boy. But uh, like like redheads with a little bit of an edge, a little like uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit. Okay. Yeah. You're cool too. Oh, thanks, <laughs> thanks so much. I'm really happy to hear that. As. Yep, definitely. So then we we have the the summer lead in, right? Because uh, Will and his roommate, Will's constantly looking at this diary or looking at this package. Looking at he doesn't a package, know he doesn't know what it is. And the roommate convinces him, "Hey, it looks like there's a tear there. We should we should open yeah, that up." Yeah, it's already open. No, you well, know, we could just basically do it. So they read the diary. They read a few pages of the diary. They read well, a few pages of the diary. I think it turns out that they end up reading the entire diary, but... The diary is Summer's, and it depicts her and Emily maybe having a... Mm, a spring, a, a summer fling. A little, yeah, a little summer fling between Summer and Emily. Ooh la la. And Emily has somehow kept it for all those years? Like, they That's never... actually kind of sketchy. Right? Like, so they never really dive any further into it we never hear about it again really i think it's i think it's just a more creative way for will to learn something about emily but also uh will to meet summer yeah but like what would you do if you're just going through the closet tomorrow and you find a diary of mine and i'm talking about jeffrey from college you know i i mean i i guess like Emily wrapped it, and so I think she hoped that Will wouldn't read it. But I think if I were Will, but like, why would I keep the diary? That's well, yes, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. I guess that's the first question. There's some sentimental value there, apparently. Clearly, clearly. And I mean, like, what does Summer do with it after? You know, like, it's a good question, right? Like, there's give that. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she wanted Will to meet Summer. Maybe Maybe she was already letting go of Will, and she wanted that to be the meet cute. You know what? You're gonna find somebody great. Interesting theory. Because, okay. Because then he goes. Yeah. So he goes. Will goes to give the diary back to Summer. And when he walks in, uh, Hampton Roth is there. Will asks if, uh, or actually, he more presumes that this is Summer's father. He even calls himself Daddy. I died at this because obviously, like, a father would i'm uh, yes i'm her daddy like no yeah nobody does well that. will thought we were talking about a father and hampton was definitely talking about the sexual connotation to of daddy definitely daddy. yeah <laughs> that's so gross anyway the two guys basically drink so will and hampton they drink themselves under the table they not they get knocked out because they're like way too inebriated summer comes back from class and tries to sober up will 
And Hampton, he's just hilarious in this entire scene, like from start to finish. He is just gold. I love him. Turns out that Summer and Emily had a thing. You're a great writer. I mean, you know, just... I think you should keep it. You should read it when you're lonely. I can't. It's your diary, so I can't do that. No, really, much. really. I, I just, I don't need it. I've already got it memorized, so I'm just going to leave it on the table. Keep a hard copy. That might be nice for me. <laughs> I wonder why I only gave it to you to give to And me. Hampton is, in fact, Summer's boyfriend and also her thesis advisor. However, Hampton always tells Summer to have a curious mind. And at the elevator, Summer goes right up to Will and kisses him. She is one confident woman. Can we talk about Will's outbursts at work? The toilet paper, the coffee, the selling of are, I guess, getting denied over the phone for selling tables. And but then eventually he sells a bunch of tables. He does. He is, becomes the hero. Yeah. And then finally the stapling of his hand to the election sign. Oh, that was great. Like the poor guy. And like he always yells, why, why am, am I, I here? here? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what am I doing? God. Oh, I loved it. It was so funny. After work, I guess at this point in time in Will's life, he he smokes and he goes to the corner store, his, I guess the one, you know, kind of around the corner to go and buy some cigarettes. And he'd only talked to April, I think up to this point, like a few times. And she also walks in to uh, buy some cigarettes and they have a little bit of competition on whose cigarettes are better, better quality. And she tells him that it's her birthday. Yeah. Well, first of all, the, the cigarettes are like $3.50 and they are, they think that's outrageous, which... 2020 vision like looking back from now paying like $20 for a pack of cigarettes and what? they're like whoa 325 that's how much a pack of cigarettes I mean, is they're pretty expensive april is she's just so spunky she's she is got... spunky that is a really good word confident cool yeah spunky she's slick you know and and that exchange where she's like your cigarettes have this one chemical they don't put as many chemicals in them so those are healthy cigarettes. Something like that. Oh, so if there's not as many chemicals in them, they should cost less, not more, don't you think? They put saltpeter in your cigarettes, which make them burn faster, which make you smoke more. Which means at the end of the day, your cigarettes actually cost more, not less. Anyway, he does, however, take April on her uh, offer to go to a party, um, and the rest is my best scene, so oh I'm not going to dive into God. it further. It's so good. That's my best scene, too. Oh, really? We can't have the same best scene. Why? No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, they do head back to April's apartment, though, after the rooftop party, and April shares the story of why she has so many Jane Eyre books. Oh. It is such a sweet and really sad story, but... Her dad got her a book and wrote an inscription in the book and she lost it through like moves and after he had passed away. And now she buys every single book of Jane Eyre that she can find um, through secondhand bookstores or used bookstores to try and find the one that her father had written in. Well, the key thing is that he gave her the book and then he passes away two weeks later. Right. So it's the last gift that he ever gave her. Yes. Right. Well, and it just holds such sentimental value. Right. Right. Will, not to ruin your best scene, but he reveals to April that he's about to propose to Emily. Yes. Right? Will and April, they continue like at the apartment. They continue to chat and um, they end up sharing a kiss on the couch, with which Will stops and then he leaves to head home because Emily is heading there that morning. Or I guess she caught an earlier flight, but she was heading there that day. Yeah. And so as he arrives to his uh, hotel, he sees Emily getting into the elevator and rushes upstairs to meet her before she gets to the room and realizes that he's actually not there. His bestie, though, covers for him because she, in fact, does meet him there before. Yeah. His bestie covers for him and she's happy to see him. Um, they head to the park where Will is 
is going to propose to her. But out of left field, Emily blurts out that she slept with Will's roommate, Charlie, in Wisconsin. And at that point, they inevitably break up. She cheats on him with a Charlie. Charlie is never a nice guy, 100% of the time. If you're being cheated on, it's probably... A Charlie? It's probably a Charlie who did it. And yeah, you're right, because they talk a lot about how... I think, especially during that time in your life, sometimes you're in these relationships with people who who are great people and you do love each other, but you are destined to outgrow them. And I think Emily saw the writing on the wall and Will didn't. I think I think Emily didn't want to move to New York and didn't right. want to follow Will wherever he went. Like, we don't really dive into what Emily is doing in Wisconsin or what she wants to do, like what her dreams are. And so... I, I think I don't think Will makes the mistake by going to New York. I think no. he's doing what he wants, but I think Emily finally realizes that that's not what she wants to do. So Emily and Will have broken up. They have. She's broken his heart, and this opens the door for a new love. Yeah, and time passes by here, and, and I find in this movie you don't really know how much time passes between certain things. Yeah, it's probably been like a year, a couple years maybe. And he hasn't seen Summer for a while. April went traveling around the world, um, and <sighs> Emily is a thing of the past. Um, he's really focusing on work, and he actually tells Maya this in his story. You kind of get to go back to 2008, and, and he says, yeah, like I didn't have time to date. You know, at this point I was really busy. Um He's working on the campaign for the next governor. He gets a invite to Hampton Roth's book reading and he goes. And who does he see there? Summer. Summer. She tells him that Hampton dumped her for a sophomore. Um, but she is still very weirdly close to him, I think. It's weird. I've got a question. Yeah. Is Hampton objectively good looking for an older guy? I think so. But I think too, like... Cert- well, he is good looking. Yes, he is. Okay. But I okay. think certain people are are also attracted to like the intellectual mm, of him as yes. well, right? Like he's a professor. He's you a know, sharp guy, right? And he's very very smart, so he can kind of help them along. I think in their career is kind of also what I think. So you'd, you'd summer may bang Hampton is what you're for? saying is what I'm getting from um, that. Whoa, there's a thought no. there. Oh my god. Whoa, no, you had no, to no, think no. about it though. I was my coming god, up with my th- reasons why I wouldn't. Okay, sure. Which wow. As like as we see with Summer, she got like two years older and he dumped her for somebody younger. <laughs> like that's a shitty person. <laughs> yeah, that is like a so no person. thank you. <laughs> I'll take a pass on that. But like, okay, think think back to your um post secondary education professors. Would he be like one of the most attractive ones if he was teaching you? Would you guys like have a chat after class? Like, hey, yeah, I mean sometimes pretty good looking. sometimes TAs taught like teachers assistants um taught the classes and like they were really like young and good looking. Right. So like that, yeah. I mean, that's different, but no, like, um, he'd probably be more than attractive than all, like most of them. I love trying to put you on the spot in (laughs) uncomfortable situations and you, you answer like a politician, like, well, you know, there's pros and cons to everybody. And, um, you know, he has some pros. He certainly, Hey, you know, there are some endearing things about Hampton. (laughs) And so Will and Summer, they reconnect. Will mentions that he's working on the governor's campaign and Hampton has the brilliant idea that Summer should write an article on the soon-to-be governor. And Will and her become really close and they basically start dating. Yeah, we, we see some growth out of Will in this moment, we though. do. Because Hampton says, hey, why, don't, why doesn't Summer write an article for you? And right away, Will says, well, what do you get out of this, Hampton? And I think we see a little bit of growth that, like, Will... 
Will isn't uh, cowering in fear against this extremely smart, intellectual, powerful person. He's totally okay with calling him out and and calling it the way it is. Like, what do you get out of this? Why do you want this to happen? Well, yeah, and I think throughout the movie, you kind of see that Will's rival with Summer is, in fact, Hampton Roth. Yeah. You can see the push and pull of it. And what? So now the next question is, would you pick? Ryan Reynolds, or would you pick Hampton? Uh, is that even a question? <laughs> okay, right. Sorry, uh, Ryan Reynolds, a hundred percent of the time, regardless of whether he has a job or not. Yeah. <laughs> he could oh, be you, unemployed. Oh, you have tenure at a university? Mm, no, I'll still pick unemployed Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, unemployed Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> always the pick. <laughs> So Summer does write a piece on the governor and everything's going really well in their relationship. So much so that he buys another ring and is planning to propose to Summer. Friggin' Will in these rings. As he's heading to the jewelry store to pick up the ring, who shows up? April. It's our girl. Timing of this is just impeccable. Well, and this was heartbreaking, right? Because she she went there. She traveled the globe. Will and April, they they had a few conversations and he, I think he kind of pushed her to... If you want to travel, like, that's what you should be doing right now. And she said, like, yeah, I'm saving up money. So they had been corresponding based on, yeah, yeah, they were pen pals back when those existed. (laughs) And she comes back to reveal to him, we're pretty sure, she's going to tell him that she loves him. Or at least came back to New York for him and then to find out what happens, you know, what what, or what can happen with, with them. She does find out that he is, in fact, in love with someone else. He is purchasing a ring. April has the worst luck. That's twice that they've had these moments where, like, love is being shared, and yet he has an engagement ring for another woman. And is it that he's (laughs) just blind to it? So he has the ring ready to go, and Summer says that she wrote another article about Arthur, the guy who's running for governor. Will takes a read-through and says that they won't survive it, and th- he's talking about the relationship. If she hands this article in, I mean, too little, too late. Cause she already did it. And she already did it. And they end the relationship there. And this goes back to actually Hampton Roth, who told her to write not a puff piece, but a real piece about the governor and what he's done in his past. And I don't know if I mean I know Summer. Summer basically chose her career over. Love with Will. That's exactly in that moment what that was. I disagree. You think? I I, I think she was staying true to her character. You know, Hampton Roth said, uh, if you're a journalist, like, you actually need to write. Exactly. This isn't the the piece you were supposed to write. You were supposed to write the truth. Right. And I think he's not wrong. I mean, he does it in a very sinister way. I think he was doing it strategically to put a wedge between them. 100%. But, like, yeah, I would disagree. I, I don't think she was choosing the relationship or choosing her career over the relationship i think she was doing what her character spoke to and her character was that she was going to tell the truth no matter what happened the thing in this movie is that it's hard to tell how much time does pass but at this point they do say that it's 1997 and april is back again in his life but will is in a really big rut the guy has meant to propose to two women, <laughs> and they both ended up dumping him. Oh my god! I'd be in a rut too. I know he's got, and and I mean, at this point, I don't even know what he's doing for employment. Yeah, I don't think it's very clear what he's doing for employment. There's at that a few point. things that like 
I don't think they needed to be clarified for the purpose of this movie, but when we're when you're reviewing a movie like this, like, you, I don't even know, you know what's happening with exactly. this Exactly. Yeah. Um so yeah, April comes to pick him up for dinner for his birthday. Um and the party's really interesting. He's so unhappy that he leaves his own party. April follows him and Will admits to her that he he likes her and that he's in love with her, but it quickly takes a turn for the worst when she tells him that he needs to get his shit together and I think they share a kiss and, and she says, not like this. Like, I need you to get your shit together. And he tells her to go to life rehab and that at least he tried. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best thing to say in that moment. April does bring something up um, before they disconnect. Like mm. they, they reconnected, they hang out a lot yeah. and then they disconnect. But April, there's one time where they're having a drink and I think they were talking about Kevin. How She's like, yeah, it just didn't quite work out. <gasps> right. April has a concept that there is no quote-unquote one. There's just a time in your life when you want to move on to the next stage of life and whoever you happen to be with, then, at that moment, that person becomes the one. Do you believe that? I believe it a little bit. Okay, why? You, oh, skeptical Sarah here. I, I think there's there's more aspects than just that one piece. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think I, I think she's right in that, you know, you, you can date a lot of people who are really, really great and they seem kind of perfect. But if you're not at the same stage as they are, if you're not both looking ahead in the same direction at the same time, it's just not going to work out. No matter if that person is, quote unquote, the one or not. But I think there's more to it. I think, you know, dating, you learn what you what you want and what you don't want. And okay. I think there's there becomes a certain point when you're with somebody and you know that that's, that's exactly what you want, that you're compatible with them. And Do you believe in the one? I think so. That there's only one human. You found him. I would like to think so, yes. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, do you? I mean, it's, I don't know if I want to answer ah, that right you now. You should. <laughs> 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 oh, nervous laughter. Okay, what else we got? <laughs> Where else we going? <laughs> so April, yeah, again, leaves his life. Um, but Will is always stopping by used bookstores to see if he can find the Lost Jane Eyre book. He finally does find it, and he goes to see April. And it turns out that her roommate says she started grad school. She's picking up her, her socks and, and, you know, putting her life together. Um, interesting that... Kevin is also there and April is dating him. That's what he finds out when he's in in the apartment. Um, and he decides to leave with the book. He doesn't even leave the book there. I want to bring something up that I just noticed. Mm -hmm. April challenges Will yes. a lot. And I think that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. And I actually had this thing written out about how like April is the type of woman that she can make a man better. Like you, you kind of need to rise up to her to be good enough for her. But at the same time, Every time Will is very real with April and he criticizes something about her life, sometimes not in a very healthy way, yeah. but when he calls it like it is, she genuinely does change those things. You know, He says, if you want to travel the world, why are you here? Go travel the world. Literally the next thing she does, she goes and travels the world. Hey, you need to go to life rehab. She slaps him in the face. Then she goes to grad yeah, school. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I think... She takes the criticisms and makes them... A positive right like she she says you know what yeah she needed that that perspective from somebody else who was close to her to tell her like you know wake up you need to fix this and she does yeah. she takes it and and changes it whereas will the difference there is that he 
he just can't come around to doing it and is very he's he's somebody who's very comfortable in what he knows and he doesn't want to like branch out too far out of his comfort zone yeah and we see that in who he marries dun 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 are we at that point now no we're not okay (laughs) (laughs) not quite yet (laughs) um he like randomly runs into summer He's having, I don't know, maybe lunch, brunch, who knows. He's outside. having a very large glass of wine. Oh, yes, probably yes. at lunch, yeah. Yeah. And uh, who walks by but Summer, who isn't with Hampton anymore, and she's pregnant, um, but isn't with the guy, tells him to come to a little party she's hosting the following day, and he does. And guess who's there? I like this line. In, in this whole podcast, all I've said is, and guess who's there? <laughs> it's Emily. It's Emily. She has moved to New York. Can I make a comment, though, about Summer meeting him on lu- at lunch? Sure. Like you said, very serendipitous. Very. But she reveals to him, she says, I'm trying to right all my wrongs over the next nine months because I'm going to have this kid and blah, 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 whatever. I think that's perfect. I think, because think about that. There's a pregnant woman who's upset me deeply in my life and she wants forgiveness, I can't say no to a pregnant lady. I need to forgive her. If you plan on being pregnant in the future, just use that time like Summer did and go apologize to every person you wrong because they can't say no. Oh, my God. I literally, she said that, and I thought, well, fair <laughs> enough, yeah. I'm not going to be upset at a pregnant lady. Well, and I also <laughs> believe she either, I think she follows it up with, yeah, I'm not with the guy anymore. And then he asks, like, did you ever get married or anything? And she says, the closest I ever got was you. Yeah, she and thought he was going to be it. Yeah. I think that's, like, once again, Summer, she wasn't my favorite person in this movie, but I thought she was the most true to her own character at all times. And what I do you think? I think April was true to her own character the majority of the time. I actually found Summer... Um, Kind of, uh, what's the word? Like flaky or... Um... Yeah, but that's who she is. She's. Well, I guess that's true. She was okay, going to be an actress was... and then she became a journalist. Like it's very much a vibe, but I just... It's a vibe, yeah. I think that she she's somebody who wouldn't have been comfortable getting married regardless. So the mm, fact that she's like, true. yeah, like the guy's not in the picture, it's cool. And immediately I thought like, well, like... If, if anybody's going to be a single mother and nail it, it's going to be Summer. That's a right? good point. I think she's almost better off that way. Yes, and I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so right. Okay, so back to the Emily is back in New York. You're right. It is the time to announce who will married. It is Emily. Will finally married Emily. Yes. Which was such a... Uh... Yeah, we find out that Emily is in fact Maya's mother and Will's soon-to-be ex-wife. It was a nice twist. I think we can also admit that I've loved April this whole time, and I think you, the audience, probably loved April this whole time because she's so goddamn lovable, and you just want Will to end up with her so badly. So the Emily thing, I thought, okay, that makes sense. Not really the most pleasing ending, is it? It's not the ending, though. It's not the ending, but I was genuinely surprised that it was Emily. Because you're right, you wanted it to be April so bad. Yeah. But... I think it says a lot when we do find that uh, when we do find out that it is Emily. And I think this goes back to what April was telling Will. It's about timing and if you're ready for a relationship. 
I think Emily moved to New York and she even said herself when they're walking in the park, she still doesn't know what she's doing or where she's going. And Will says the same. They needed each other to figure it out and get back on track. Were they ever really made for each other? Probably not. Probably not. Okay, but weep warning right here because the end of this movie, I totally cried the entire time. It was so overly adorable when Will, again, we kind of touched on it already, when Will tells Maya that the happy ending to this story was her. Emily and Will have a child. That child is Maya. And Maya also figures it out. Yes, she, she realizes, does. I think my mom is Emily, right? And then they, they meet at the park, whatever. They have this moment. And then, yeah, Will reveals that the happy ending is Maya. And we start tearing up a little bit. That's, that's a Devin Weep warning there. But that's not where the movie ends. He starts unpacking some of his boxes and finds the book that he never gave to April all these years later. The Jane Eyre book with the, the inscription from her father. Yes, he which is so special. Book. That's wild. I know it is wild. But he looks April up and goes to see her. You can just feel the connection they have. Like, it is literally electric. He really had great chemistry with everyone in this movie, but especially Isla Fisher. Yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, that's the point. But but he really, really did. And it was easy to watch. Like, it was never like a, you, you always believed it. Will finally tells her that he's had it for years, and she tells him to leave. I've had it for a while. How long? Years. I meant to I meant to give it to you I wanted to give it to you I just I I couldn't and I don't know why I dropped it off once I I mean I tried Kevin was there and uh hey there is no excuse and I'm sorry When he revealed to April that he had had the book for a long time, I think we all kind of knew why he did it, and he didn't explain it to her right away, but it's like, if I give this book to her, I have no connection to her now. Mm -hmm. Like, that that's the last piece of her that I have. And I think we as the audience kind of knew that, but he didn't explain that to her in the moment. She tells him... I mean, that was a big weep warning when April, she gets the package and she's like, oh, and she's kind of excited. And then she reaches inside. I have something for you. Oh, oh. And as soon as she, I'm getting a little emotional even saying this. As soon as she sees the cover, she knows exactly what it is. Thank you so much. How did you find it? I mean, where did you find it? That's the difficult part to explain. This is going to sound bad. I've had it for a while. How long? Years. Years. I meant to... I meant to give it to you. I wanted to give it to you. I just... I couldn't, and I don't know why. I dropped it off once. I I mean, I tried. Kevin was there, and uh, hey, there is no excuse, and I'm sorry. It's inexcusable. I think you should go, Will. April. And as soon as she, I'm getting a little emotional even saying this. As soon as she sees the cover. She knows exactly what it is. 
And then she she slowly opens it. And she sees the inscription. And she reads the inscription. Oh my god, I was crying the whole time. I know, Th- this was in this was in the Sarah Ball Fest too, right? It was. It yeah. was. This whole Ooh. like the whole part. Yeah, I'm like actually tearing up talking about such that. a oh good ending. I don't think I've cried this much watching a movie that we've reviewed yet. It happened, and he's now crying currently at, yeah, right now. Yeah, I am. I'm yeah. wiping my tears. Pull yourself together. But then April kicks him out. She's pissed, which leads us to the actual end of the movie when Will explains to Maya, yeah, you know, I gave her the book. She's like, you still had the book. Why did you still have the book? And then Maya convinces Will to go explain to April, you know, what happened. And they go to her apartment. They're on the, the doorstep. They wait 30 seconds. They wait 30 seconds. She doesn't let them in. They're walking down the street, dejected, defeated. And then April comes running out. And she asks, what story? Yeah, yeah, because... That was cool. She hears kind of the chatter between Will and Maya. And Maya's like, you need to tell her the story. Then she's going to understand. Then she's going to know. And then Will does explain to her, like, the reason I didn't give you the book was because it was the last piece of you that I had, and I didn't want to let you go. Oh, my God. I'm tearing up even saying that, too. So touching. Jesus. It's such a... It's an emotionally charged last 20 minutes of the movie. Yes. It really is. In, like, a really pleasing way, though. Because there's, there's, there's heartbreak, there's emotion, there's loss. It's so meaningful. It is. It, it, it's a really special ending. And then they end up being together. They do. April and Will. The way it should have been. Yes. Quick facts. Yeah, you do quick facts and I'll try to not cry. Rachel Wise, who plays Summer, was originally supposed to play the part of Emily who is played by Elizabeth Banks. You know what? I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think Rachel, she kind of hits that that sharp, uh, smart, a little charming. I almost thought, like, no offense to Olivia, Elizabeth Banks, but, like, Emily's character is a little bit of a throwaway. Yeah, but I love Elizabeth Banks. Oh, Eli- uh, no. She's oh, phenomenal. God, don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I thought Rachel as uh, Emily, the character of Emily, yeah, I don't really love that. I, I think she is more of a summer. When Summer tries to sober up Will in 1991 while he's working on the first Bill Clinton campaign, she gives him a modern-style water bottle. This wasn't available in 1991. When Will first visits April in her apartment during the Bill Clinton 1992 New York primary campaign, April played In Spite of Me by Morphine, followed by Nirvana's Come As You Are. In Spite of Me wasn't released until September 1993 when Morphine released their Cure for Pain album. You would think that would be an easy thing to look up. Hey, we're going to put this song in our movie. When did it come out? Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You'd think that that would be something top of mind when choosing music. I thought there was not a single thing wrong with this movie, and you just picked out two easy ones. When Will and April are talking on the street after he leaves his own birthday party, he mentioned Nirvana's Come As You Are. He says the line from the song is, as a friend, as a known enemy. April corrects him, saying that the lyrics are actually, as a friend, as an old memory. Both are wrong. The actual lyric is, as a friend, as an old enemy. Um, The used bookstore owner is a cameo for the director, Adam Brooks. Out of the four leads in the movie, only Elizabeth Banks is American. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Rachel Weisz is British. And Isla Fisher is Australian. Very cool. The cast includes two Oscar winners, Kevin Kline. He plays um, Hampton Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. And Rachel Weisz. And one Oscar nominee. Um, Abigail Breslin, who plays Maya. The Two Guys Deli, so it's the little corner store, um, is not a real bodega. 
this is where Will and April would buy their cigarette. But while filming, people would try to come in and buy things. The production almost got a citation from a city inspector for selling cigarettes without the tax stamps um, because he didn't realize it was all for a movie. No way. So a bylaw officer walked <laughs> yeah. in and they're like, hey, what's going on with your cigarettes here? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, no, it's a movie set. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is fake. <laughs> yeah, none of this is real. Will shares a given name with the 42nd POTUS, William Jefferson Clinton, and a family name with the 19th POTUS, Rutherford Richard Hayes. His name in the movie is William Hayes. On April's birthday, Will planned to propose to Emily the following day and was practicing the proposal to April. April's answer was definitely maybe. This foreshadowed Will's true love. Oh my God, you, I never did you catch noticed that? that. I oh my God, I that. caught it right away and I was like, I think that's who he ends up with. That's why I was so surprised that he ended up with Emily because I was like, what? Wait. So I'm happy that they ended wow, up together. I never noticed that. I'm so surprised you didn't. Yeah, no. Such a lover of this movie. I don't believe you. <laughs> Will changed the names of the girls in the story. And by the end, Maya figures out their real names. Emily's name was Sarah and Summer's real name in the movie was Natasha. Of course, we know that April's name remained the same. The movie shares several plot elements. And it's funny that you brought this up earlier. And even in its final plot twist with the TV show, How I Met Your Mother. At the time, the TV show was finishing its third season. So is this movie inspired by How I Met Your Mother? What, what's the deal there? I don't know. That's, that would be a really interesting question. Because it's kind of the same premise, but How I Met Your Mother was, like, let's say when they were filming, it would have been in seasons one or two. Because it released during season three. Yeah. Interesting. It is. Bill Clinton impersonator Dale Lee appeared in the movie as Bill Clinton. As Bill Clinton. I, I realized that when uh, when Will is at uh, Central Park and, you know, Bill Clinton's running by. And imme immediately I thought, I'm like, wow, that actually looks a lot like Bill Clinton. But he would never yeah, be in this movie, yeah. right? So who is that guy who looks like Bill Clinton? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Best scene. Oh, how about I tee you up because we have the same best scene. Honestly, like any scene with April and Will, I know we love the two other women at different times. But when him and April meet and she challenges him over his political beliefs and then they have the cigarette race and ultimately they go to that party on her birthday and they're at the rooftop. But like I could have picked any scene with April and Will to be my best scene. I just thought they had they had moments that were a little bit more special in my mind. The cigarette race is such a is such like a stupid throwaway thing that I just loved. It was adorable. It was really great writing to further the plot development for their characters. Yeah. Together. Like, it it wasn't anything complicated. It wasn't anything serious. It's just them having a cigarette race. It was so strange, but it was it was touching. And then Oh, and then the rooftop scene. Yeah, it's not something that, you know, makes you die laughing or, you know, make you roll over laughing your and your, you know, your belly ache after. Um it's it's more than that. It's beautiful, it's touching, it's heartwarming. Um it's also heartbreaking. It is. It is because I think you can see their chemistry and you could see how they could work so well together. And then, you know, he pulls out a ring and says, "I'm going to propose to my college sweetheart." The following day and she's like oh okay well propose to me then yeah. say what you're gonna say and I don't think really will and in that moment are you like is Will's heart in it like does he really or is his heart in New York now right he says will um you marry me and she makes fun of him like will um you marry me no like I, I'm gonna say no to that 
And then he actually... I want to marry you because you're the first person that I want to look at when I wake up in the morning and the only one I want to kiss goodnight. Because the first time that I saw these hands, I couldn't imagine not being able to hold them. But mainly, when you love someone as much as I love you, getting married is the only thing left to do. So, will you? Maybe. I have to think about it. And do you think like he's proposing to Emily, or do you think he's really proposing to April? I think a little bit of both. I think so too. I think a little bit of both. Yeah. And I think that that moment is why later on April says there is no one. If you just happen to be at the same stage as life with the person you're with, then you move on to the next stage of your life, and that's you live happily ever after. Because I think she saw Will as like this guy's my my person. Right. But we're and not just, at the same point. I caught him at the wrong moment. You know? And they and they do that a few times more, more throughout the movie. Yeah. They just catch each other at the wrong moment. And it's so it like it's beautifully heartbreaking. Is that the way to describe yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I think it would also help if they told each other their feelings. <laughs> Um, because that would help alleviate this whole like, oh, I keep missing you. Oh, timing's so crappy for us. If you just told each other that you liked each other, it might it might speed things up. So many movies would end so much faster oh with communication. God. Honorable mentions. My honorable mention is the headphone guy played by Matthew Mason at the beginning of the movie. We would not have had a movie without him. He saves Will at the very beginning of the movie when he's jamming out on his oh on his my music. God. Oh, that's he so saves Will from walking out in front of a school bus. <laughs> yeah, he almost got. Wait, do you know that guy's name? Yeah, Matthew Mason. Ma- okay, so the guy during the opening credit sprawl. Yes, he he is titled in the movie as headphone guy. Headphone guy. Um, but he's played by Matthew Mason. <laughs> yes, that's that's an amazing honorable mention. And you're right, we never would have heard the story. No, no. William Hayes would have gotten hit by a bus. And that's the end of the movie. Exactly. It ended two minutes in. Like Regina George in... Uh, mean Girls? In Mean Girls. <laughs> uh, my honorable mention is the writing and uh. how well thought out and methodical this movie would end up being. Like weaving the lives of these three amazing women in and out of Will's life. Which, it, it was complicated, but it didn't feel complicated, if that makes sense. Like yep. it is a spider web, but you can see all the lines very clearly. And then there's the... The twist at the end, we all wanted the mom to be April. It's not going to be April because that's life. And sometimes, unfortunately, you don't end up with the person you're supposed to be with. And you got to fight for that, right? You got to fight for that. But maybe if you can look back with some clarity, you realize, oh, my God, it should have been April this whole time. I wanted to honorably mention the writing and the storytelling because, oh, man, I'm going to do it again, Sarah. And TV shows are much different than movies. But we can see how this premise can go really, really well and then go wrong at the end. I'm taking more shots at How I Met Your Mother. Cause, <laughs> it's a good TV show. Because they did an impeccable job at, at pulling us in mm-hmm. and this story of Ted Mosby and like finding out who the mother is. And then the ending, listen, it, it just... It was a little bit of a lunch bag letdown. It fell flat. Top five most underwhelming endings of my life. Whether wow. that's books, video games, movies, TV shows. I really disliked it. A lot. I'm I think sorry. most people would agree with you. I am not somebody who necessarily like agrees with you over <laughs> like 
over the ending, I'm I'm okay with it. I was okay. I was satisfied with it. Really? I didn't love it. Kay. Don't get me wrong. I okay. didn't love it. I was like, oh, you could have done you could have done some tweaks okay. here. Like you really had to put Barney through the ringer here. Like the poor guy. <laughs> but um, like they could have made some tweaks. But ultimately, like it wasn't the worst ending. Oh my god! So it's like, what are you describing? Here? Again, I guess a I'm ham doing and cheese sandwich. Sarah. You're god. like, it's fine. All like, right, all right. <laughs> it's acceptable. I it, get it. I'm sorry. It was an appropriate amount of sustenance and. Uh, <laughs> The food went in through my mouth and into my body, and I absorbed nutrients. Should we move on? Yes. You know, here's a case study of how you can do the same premise and not nail it. So seeing how this movie did nail it, I think deserves some big shout-outs. Should you send the writers of How I Met Your Mother this movie? I mean... Or at least the ending clip? Just listen to the podcast, guys. (laughs) (laughs) What should have been... What should have been? I I really don't have much because everyone in this movie had a really pleasing ending. Like Summer had a child. April eventually ends up with Will, and that's good. And Emily, Emily can f- right off. I hate Emily. Oh I I God. don't hate Emily. Wow, but strong come feelings on. coming out at the end here. <sighs> um, my what should have been is that I wish Will and April would have reconnected sooner. Yes. Oh, totally agree with that. Yeah. Rewatchability. Uh, chemistry five, storyline five, thirst factor five, imagination five, soundtrack five, and cheese five. I am giving this movie a five out of five. A perfect score. A perfect score. Oh my god, Ooh. you're gonna give it a perfect score. I'm gonna give it not quite a perfect <gasps> score. Oh my god. Okay. Well, that's fine. Hey, you know what though? The fact that this made me ball my eyes out the Ugh. first movie thus far, like it, it pulled on all of my heartstrings, all of all of the one heart I have. <laughs> You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I so the only thing I didn't have as full points was thirst factor. Why? Everyone's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, everyone's pretty gorgeous. You know what? If this movie was just Ryan Reynolds and Isla Fisher, it would get a five. So you know what? I'll give it a five. I'll, I'll bump it up to a well, five. Well, I'm not trying to convince you. No, no. Listen. You do you. I think this is, like I said, top three romantic comedies of all time. I'm going to slot it in. 500 Days of Summer, number one. Still this one, number two. Whoa, who It's ahead of Crazy Stupid Love. Whoa. Yeah. I'm sorry, Steve Carell and <laughs> David Lynn Hoggan. And Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and Ryan Gosling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You know what? Perfect score for this as well. I agree. Such a good watch. And this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Definitely Maybe. If you are listening to us on Spotify right now, please follow us. Subscribe and off a podcast if that is where you are listening. And follow us on Instagram at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening.